Welcome to the Building Science Podcast. Welcome to this. Okay. Oh, welcome to the Building Science. To the Building Science Podcast. Podcast. Welcome to the Building Science Podcast. Bringing the human factor to architecture and design. Brought to you by Positive Energy in Austin, Texas. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Building Science Podcast. I'm Christoph Irwin here, as always, with Miguel. Hey, everyone. And today I have also found Murray Freeman. He is the CEO and founder of ATX LED. At least I'm calling you that for this interview. Murray, please say hello to our audience. Hey, good morning or afternoon. Yeah, wherever you are. And, and what is your role with ATX LED? I am the CEO and oh. founder of the company. Okay, so I nailed it. You are the CEO. So what does your company do, Murray? We are changing the way lighting is wired in new home construction. Tell us a little more. We think that the traditional 120-volt Romex or 14-gauge wire method, which basically goes back 125 years, um, isn't really appropriate anymore in 2019 and beyond when um, the light, typical light fixture bulb, whatever, is a 6-watt bulb when it used to be 100 watts. Yeah. We don't have to use that same copper. Yeah, all that embodied energy and resources. In, in mining the copper and everything else, right? So we can use skinnier wire, we call it. Okay, 20 gauge wire as opposed to 14. Whoa, and that's a big difference. Big difference, okay. So can we think of common examples between 20 gauge? I mean, so 14 gauge is like a fat spaghetti noodle. There you go. And 20 gauge is like, what's a common thing? Well, let's see. Not like fish um, Kite string, maybe? No, no, it's not, no, 20 is more than that. A little thicker, I know. Yeah, I'm trying to think what um, would be... Uh, 20? Uh, like it a be? hefty kite string? <laughs> like, a, like a, not a... Oh, wait, what's the not skinny... Not a plastic. What's the skinny like, noodle? Oh, like a, a cotton a cotton kite string. There if you there go. Such a thing. Yeah, okay. 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 A little bit, little bit hefty. Okay, so a lot of embodied energy in, co- in copper In mining wiring. the copper... It's also a theft issue in new construction sites. Oh, right, of course. So by removing the volume of copper, there's less interest, you know, because with 20-gauge wire, it's mostly insulation, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really sell very well. Um, we're getting rid of the metal cans. Those 8-inch tall metal cans that are used in recess, all that metal is gone, okay? Right, LEDs. We don't need that. Um, the headroom you need above the sheetrock uh, is less. Um, these... Fixtures don't get in the way of insulation. Right. Insulation. You should not okay. replace insulation with a light fixture. So, um, and so there's a lot of things that are happening by simply starting with a blank sheet of paper and saying, okay, if we're going to design lighting in a house in 2019, we would never run 120 volts. And we're not going to do anything. Right. Okay. You don't need to. Don't need to. So uh, we built houses in Austin um, and elsewhere with um, 70, 80, 90 lights and every one of them is powered by low voltage DC. Wow. Okay. And so that's one element is getting rid of the copper. The other element is is that when someone builds a spec home, they typically don't put any dimmers. And they don't put any dimmers because dimmers and LED lights often don't play well together. There's yeah. flicker, lights going on and off yeah. different speeds. We're experiencing and that. you know someone who's selling a spec home doesn't want to have flickering lights. So they put no dimmers. But in the homes we built, we actually have the ability to read back the dim level. And we're finding that people are dimming lights by about 50% on average. So you have, you put in all this light, and then it's, it's actually too bright. And so now it's dimmed down, okay? So 
we now have, we're always wondering, where is the energy saving by going to D.C.? Right, because going from incandescent... Oh, that's a big deal. You just threw that in there. That's it. That's right there. <laughs> going from AC to DC. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So now we have a 50% savings on the dimming. So boom, that's great. Okay. Um, and once you do the, wow. this thing, then, then nice little tricks like you open a door, light goes on. That's fairly expensive in, in the 120-volt world. With the DC world, it's trivial. It's yeah. super easy. Okay. And then in the last uh, three, four months, we've introduced uh, tunable white, which means you can change the color temperature. Um, big deal. Big deal. Um, and we've done it in a way that this has... for human enjoyment. J- just for human right. enjoyment of spaces. And also, and discussions can be resolved later about what is the right color temperature for this room, depending on what I'm doing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've developed a, a wiring strategy for tunable white that is super easy uses only two wires for the whole thing. Um, it's really, really cool. Two 20-gauge wires. Two 20-gauge wires, and we're doing wires. all this t- tunable white, where normally you'd have like a whole, like a Cat5 cable, and yeah. lots of costs and so on. And we're doing this basically at cost parity with conventional wiring. Wow. So it's just a whole new way of doing it. It's super effective. It looks great. Uh, people love it in these houses. And um, so we're here to talk to architects. We were we're going to go to the IBS show in January to talk to builders. Nice. And uh, the last uh, month and months before that, we were at the two national electrical contractor association meetings. One for the union guys and one for the independent guys to speak to electricians who like what we do. Wow. So, well, before we go there, so. I'm going to tell you the theme of our interviews today. I'm very interested to know who, is, who you think the change agents are. But So we're talking about design excellence. That There was a resolution in Las Vegas in August that basically includes um, sustainable topics, sustainability as a topic, in the definition of design excellence for architects. And so our question to everyone, and we'll give it to you now, and then we can kind of resume our discussion, or if you can weave it in, what does design excellence mean to you or to your product? Taking a completely fresh look at an existing problem and coming up with a solution using materials and science that we know today. Wow. And not to That's continue beautiful. what doing it the same way as done been done before. Right. You know. Just looking at okay, let's just Step, take a step back. Yeah, and that's a very broad view. answer. That right. that applies to lighting and everything, design right. process, right. Right. enclosures. So all be of open that. to a, a new method of solving this problem. Yeah, yeah. Adherence to tradition and sort of this in-group loyalty. You know, you're a peer among brethren or something like that. That can only go so far because the tradition started based on technologies that were available then. Yeah. Right. And it got entrenched in all kinds of ways, right? Yeah, and became um, normal. And, you right. know, son, I've been doing this for 30 years. Those statements come out. Yeah. So you have started ATX LED. How long has that been around? Uh, this company, three years. Three I mean, years. I've been doing low-voltage uh, projects uh, for about 15 years in this current version of my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was doing Wi-Fi before. Um, got into something called Power over Ethernet. Oh yeah, because that's how we power the Wi-Fi access points. And then sold that company, and then pivoted from where else can we use low voltage, and where else can we use DC DC conversion? And some people were asking about lighting, and going, ah, perfect. All right. So I'll 
apply the science, physics. Um, I have a semiconductor engineering background, and Fantastic. LEDs are just basically diodes, yeah. right? So let's uh, let's look at this problem and then find a new creative way of, of providing. So I don't think the uh, the average consumer is aware that there has been this transition from AC to DC in the home already. That many devices that you plug into AC, first thing they do with it is like, let's get rid of this AC and make some DC. Everything. Could you give a short list of some of the appliances or devices in a home that is running on DC? Well, the obvious ones all your phones, right? Okay. <laughs> the phones have batteries. The batteries are all DC. Everywhere you have a device that's converting 120 volts down to the USB mm-hmm. to power. The wall warts that are the wall warts hot on an infrared camera. Right. That's just wasted energy. Everywhere. So... Um, the things that are not really great at DC, you know, like space heaters, uh, vacuum cleaners, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Motors. Hair dryers, terrible idea, right? So those things pretty much are really well suited for 120, right? But your TVs, your laptop, your, your, your phones, um, all that stuff is actually natively DC. Did you say TVs? TVs. TVs, internal TVs running on, on basically probably around, well, most of it's running below 5 volts inside. Wow. All the electronics inside, all the electronics inside that laptop is all running at a, between 1.8 and 2.5 volts. DC. Okay? DC. So, um, so all the, everything, everything you look at is being converted down to run on DC. So AC is great for long distance transmission lines, right? But once it gets into the home, uh, the number of things that really work well at that, I mean, your stove, okay, you know, 220 volts an electric stove. That's going to stay AC for a long, long time. Okay. But, and that's a big energy, energy consumption. Right? Yeah. But all over the house, you're using things that are natively DC, and you're con- constantly having to convert it. So, well, the inverter air conditioners, they start with DC, and they right. invert it to AC exactly. on demand at the frequencies that's they right. want, at the frequencies the they, want. they want. So... So basically, there's this legacy of 120 volts, right? Which is not necessarily appropriate. Yeah. So, what about um, power generation? Interesting. Okay. So, here you have a great, perfect example of solar panels. Solar panels produce DC current, right? Which has to be inverted to feed a 120 or 220 bus, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Do you know um, roughly the loss of energy there? The conversion loss is, is, is probably on, the loss is around twenty percent. So you, you're netting about eighty percent. Right? Okay. And then in in a home, you got solar panels creating DC being stepped up to one twenty or two twenty, going into the house, fed back into converters, <laughs> taking it back down to five volts to charge your phone or, or anything else, right? There's a metaphor there. So in a In a a DC environment, we can just take that DC from the panels and go to a new bus, a 48-volt bus, which is much better tuned for these panels. And we can skip the inverter step. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that inverter step has a lot of of attempts to be compatible with this 100-year-old AC system that just don't work well. So, um, So the legacy system, again, getting in the way getting in the way and you have like 120 volt wall dimmers that cause LED lights to flicker and we've all seen lights that you know go on and off at weird times and so um, by staying in the DC space we can do the dimming function for these LED lights perfectly as opposed to approximately wow and so 
ATF, your company, is it a advocacy company for these products, or are you also developing products? Or? We actually design real products, and design, we have UL design LEDs. No, we design the controls. DC distribution network. We design the controls that make these LEDs light up. Okay, okay. and the LEDs can come from a lot of different. You know, Cree and Philips and all these different places that manufacture the actual LEDs. Our role is to design the controls that make this work and to address all of the construction elements of deploying this. And we have a big advocacy right. and education role here because um, people are not really aware that, that this is a hospital. Yeah. And so we're out here having to educate architects. There's new ways of doing things. You're not bound really by that 120 volt yeah, circuit. Anymore. Absolutely. Okay. And electricians, by the way, who are very welcoming. When we met uh, them at the last two trade yeah, shows. I'm very curious, yeah. Super welcoming. Like, okay, we've, we've known for years that this was going to happen, but there was no company actually building a product. So, and here you are, right? Yeah. So the training organizations for the independent contractors and for the IBW guys are both really interested in setting up training for the next generation electricians so that they understand natively here's how this whole thing works um, so you know, you know so there is a, a strong sort of training background uh, mm -hmm. training mm -hmm. sorry, there's a strong training element to what we're doing and um, when I was working in the semiconductor industry I was actually training customers about this new technology <laughs> so I'm applying sort of that didactic yeah, sort yeah. of methodology now to LED lights. Coming full circle. Right. So, I mean, I'm totally on board. Like, as a homeowner, if I were buying, building a house this year, I would be all over DC lighting. Um, a couple of questions. One is, what would that look like? Because as you just said, there's some loads in the house that are still going to go on AC. Right. So I, I bring in my loads panel like normal, and then I, what do I do? Okay. Where does the DC come right. in? So your fuse box, your breaker box, breaker right, box. Uh, has fewer breakers in it, right? And it feeds over into a new box, Leviton 14-inch box, that has a power supply that converts the 120 down into a 48-volt bus. Now, is that a specific power supply that you've developed, or is it always no, just a 48-volt DC supply? It comes out of the telecommunications industry. Okay? Standard. So these are, the 48-volt is a complete standard. Very widely established, same voltage used for power over Ethernet, for, and, and really out of the server IT space. And we do recommend putting two power supplies for redundancy. Okay. You never know, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so by having two of them, now you're basically all set, right? So one breaker can feed two power supplies, all the lights for the house. 15 amp breaker? Plenty. Because we're running basically yeah, the amp these houses, 2,500 square foot house might have 500, 600 watts of light total if everything is turned on, right? Uh, a 15 amp breaker is 1,800 watts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then we're also doing That's exhaust incredible. fans. So exhaust fans are the new ones, the quiet ones, are brushless DC motors. Okay? Those brushless DC motors, obviously running on DC, so they have converters in them from AC to DC. We throw that away. Right? <laughs> So we're driving the exhaust fans. They're in the bathrooms, utility rooms, uh, hoods in the kitchen. Can all be now super quiet, super energy efficient, and run off DC. Right? Wow. So you're developing the fans. We are not. No, you're just powering the fans differently. That's right. Our partner on the DC fans is Delta in Taiwan. 
they build 600 DC motors every minute. Okay. Whoa. And those motors are used everywhere. A lot of them are in automotive. Whoa. I did not know it, but when you have a, a heated seat in a, in a car, it's actually a motor that's blowing hot air. So it's uniformly in there. So there are DC motors no, I thought it was all kinds of places. Resistance. I thought, always thought it was just a coil, right? But this guy told me a Delta. No, no, actually, it's, there's a, a, a motor blowing air around. Well, I have no idea. And it's got to be quiet. So they're making um, these bathroom these exhaust fans, um, and we're able to take them, and, and they now have a version where they're throwing away the AC-DC converter and selling it to our customers with just the DC. All right. So if you look at a house, you have at about the four-foot level, three-and-a-half-foot level, you have switches. Right. Those switches and above will all be DC. And we're going to leave at that 18-inch level. We'll leave the 120-volt outlets, so you can plug in stuff. Vacuum cleaners. Right, right, right. But from from that that switch plate level and above, right? That's a DC. great way to think about it. It's DC. And so the motors. I mean, back to the motors. The the watts per CFM is going to increase because you don't have this front end loss where you convert to DC. Right. Right. Wow. Right. So, yeah. So it's, I mean, we're impacting so many things. And just doing it natively. And classically, you build a house, you put LED lights in the house using 120 volts and retrofit LEDs, and you go to Home Depot and you buy the LEDs and you screw them in. And after two years, they fail, right? Because they're failing because Edison invented that the a Edison bulb base 125 years ago. <laughs> It was introduced, literally, the, literally. A, the A base bulb is 125 years old. Introduced at the 1893 Chicago World's Fair of Light. Right? So been using the same sort of socket. He did not imagine that someone would put electronic AC-DC converter into that screw base. Right? Wow. And so you've compressed the electronics into that screw base. It's going into a porcelain holder inside of a ceiling can. Yeah, heat rising. away. <laughs> The LED, the 6 watt LED is below it. Heat rises. It's in a glass envelope, right? That poor electronics is cooking away, and it fails. Yeah. Right? In our office condo, there's about 25 outdoor lights. So far, four of them have failed in about 18 months. They're not your lights. Not ours, because they're Home Depot lights. And because we're curious, we open them up, we dissect them, and look inside, and we see that the capacitors inside are totally fried. Okay. So fine or fried? Fried. Fried. They're, they're fried. Okay, because it's a design constraint based upon the yeah, yeah. So heat dissipation let's just isn't happening. Step back and free ourselves of that constraint. That's right? your definition of design excellence. There we are. Take a step back. There we are. Wow. So you were saying earlier before the interview that the A base bulb, the original is older than the indoor in, toilet. In, the indoor flush toilet. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's time for us to take a yeah. step back. We have toilets now that can flush golf balls. Okay, thank you so much for your time, hey, Mary. Thank you. That was it's very been well great. done. Been fantastic. We'll see you in Austin. Yep. Take care. Oh, yeah.